You are listening to Right Off The Bus. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Right Off The Bus. I'm Chandler Hutchinson. That's my fantastic co-host, Pat Mahoney. It is Wednesday, October 13th. And Pat, we got episode number 42. You know who we got for this number, man. We had to represent one of our <laughs> Pancake, favorite guests Pat. on the podcast. Yeah, yeah, pancake, pancake Pat. Pat. Especially was, after that big win. Yeah, I was going to say. Ravens. Coming off a huge win, so he's definitely deserving. And, you know, the run game's always thriving, and that's uh, that's at the hand of Pat Ricard. And I, I don't know if they actually – I don't know if they broke the record or not. I didn't even check that because they tied it last week with that last yard, uh, oh. that last rush. We would have to check. I don't know if uh, Chandler could check quick for us, but they, I think it was at 43 straight of 100-plus rushing yards, so – as a team, right? Yeah, as a team, as a team. So we'll see if Pat Ricard could have led them to the 44th. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Lamar had like 40-something on his own. So I would imagine that between Latavius. 86 total yards rushing. No, they didn't Dude, get it. It's Lamar's fault for throwing 440 yards, man. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. And he had half those rushing yards himself. We were just down the whole game. Yeah. Damn, so we didn't break it. Well, we still have a piece of the record. I think we share it with the Steelers, though, which I'm not happy about. Yeah, out of any team that you could be sharing it with. Not the Steelers. <laughs> but, man, episode 42, shout out to our boy, Pat Ricard. Go check out that episode and that interview if you haven't listened to it, man. One of our favorite interviews. But, Pat, not a lot to talk about before we get in. But, man, uh, just we're going to be making a little podcast appearance this week, dude. That's yeah, outside the, outside the normal show. Yeah, we'll be on uh, our buddy Joe Braverman's podcast. Yeah, let me speak, man. So obviously we'll talk about it next week, but we'll point everyone to that and try to get everyone to listen to that. Hopefully we can switch it up a little bit, Pat. I won't be saying too much of the same stuff, but uh, it'll yeah, be get some different stuff to, hop- to talk about. Yeah, it'll be fun to hop on Joe's podcast, man. Uh, and uh, it's the first guest appearances Pat and I have done together, you know, so it'll, it'll be fun bringing the right off the bus flavor to another pod. <laughs> but it'll be a good time, but Pat, Let's get into these headlines, man. That Ballon d'Or race is heating up, man. Top 30 candidates announced. I hate that they do top 30, man. They just need to put out like the top three to five. like Because there's like at least 15 on that list that you know just have no business being there. Like, yeah, they were great, but they don't belong in anywhere near like the finalists. So, I mean, it's cool that people get acknowledged. But, yeah, I agree with you. It kind of seems like Messi's the shoe-in, but Lewandowski, after not winning that 2020 because they canceled it, I think has a shout here, Pat. He was a shoe-in to win last year, man. It's a shame that he didn't win that award because that really is the biggest individual award in soccer. So it's so unfortunate that he didn't get that win. Total robbery, honestly, that he uh, that he did not get it. They should have just had it because he deserved it fully. And that's why like my vote would be for him this year because he's also been on fire this year throughout 2021 nationally and internationally so i would i would vote for Lewandowski, but i'm not on the panel messi's got the copa which means that he's winning i believe his seventh ballon d'or yeah ronaldo has five man so messi's running away with that in that goat debate it seems like trophies have become more important for the ballon d'or like it's not just about your Mm -hmm. performance but if you can win trophies too like that's why Jorginho was even on the list too i mean he's been great but they also won you know the euro so that'll be a big help Absolutely, man. And sticking in the soccer world, Newcastle announces this new Saudi-led ownership group, Pat. The memes have not been better (laughs) in the world of soccer than in the last week. But I got to tell you, man, 
they are estimating that this ownership group is 13 times richer than Man City's ownership group, which is the richest ownership group in world football at 23 billion euros. This mm-hmm. ownership group is projected over 340 billion euros, man. Endless cash. Who yeah. Do you, who do we want to see him sign, Pat? Who Who's going to Newcastle? I know, and that's the question. I had heard uh, my buddy told me Philip Coutinho, maybe. Like, that would be a possible move. That would be cool. I'd like to see – I could see him in a Newcastle jersey. And uh, I, they just – they could sign anybody. I mean, they have so much money. Like, yeah. thinking about what Man City – Man City were going to buy Jack Grealish for 100 million pounds and then buy Harry Kane. So it's like Newcastle could easily afford that, especially with all the fans back too. I mean, they're in business. I want Newcastle to just go just straight FIFA mode and buy everybody. Like, yeah, I want them to spend the 150 on Erling Holland. I want them to spend the 200 on Mbappe. I want them to just buy all of those great young players that are looking for new teams, man, because this this is the new big team in world football. Whether you like it or not, Newcastle will be competing for trophies within the next five years internationally, man. It's not people don't realize how big of a story that this is the biggest story in the world of sports, man. This is nuts mm-hmm. what's going on in Newcastle. Yeah, because crazy. Imagine if any like imagine if like the Oakland A's got bought by like just Jeff Bezos or something. Like they go from like a small market club to even though they're still small market, they're all of a sudden their owner just has insane money and they can afford, you know, what the Yankees can afford. Yeah. It's just it, that would be like the equivalent for me. Yeah. Imagine if there were second Yankees with payrolls that were 25 times yeah. like some of those bottom teams in the MLB. This is gonna be pretty crazy. This is something to keep an eye on, and I'm sure we will. Sticking in baseball, man, since you brought it up, those Red Sox, man, no one thought we could do it, Pat. The Sox win the series against the Rays 3-1, to one, mm-hmm. three straight after dropping that first game in Tampa, dude. And I got to tell you, this Red Sox team, no one thought they could do it. They go, they beat the Yankees, they go, they beat the top seed in the AL. And, man, they looked so good doing it. The pitching staff isn't great. A couple overtime games, but you're still scoring 14 runs. You're still scoring six runs, nine runs. And, man, this Red Sox team is having so much fun doing it. You see how much this clubhouse loves each other. You see how much they respect Cora. This team has been so much fun to watch. And even if we don't end up in the World Series, whether, you know, if we beat the White Sox or the Astros, we beat the Yankees, we beat the Rays. This has been a super successful season, no matter what anybody says. Absolutely. I totally agree with you. But I think we can definitely get it done in the ALCS. I think if it's the White Sox, we have a better chance, but the the Astros will be tougher. But I think I don't know if I said it before, but I think I think we can beat the Astros. I mean, I think we're definitely capable the way we've played so far in the postseason. That's been unreal. So maybe the pitching hasn't been great, but our offense is made up for it. So that's the difference. Yeah, it's can our offense, I mean, can our pitching staff keep up? Because yeah, we can score five, six runs, but it doesn't really matter if the other team scores eight, nine runs, right? So we need that pitching staff to really come together, and we need Sale to look like Chris mm-hmm. Sale. If we had an ace outside of Evaldi because Evaldi's looked incredible, it would be it would be a different story. But I'm loving this team, man. Fenway has been absolutely rocking, and I am absolutely going to a game during the ALCS, man. I got it, but... <laughs> Dude, watching that Fenway crowd on TV, <laughs> dude, I just need to be there. Like, I'm I'm itching to go. Those tickets are gonna be pricey. You'd have to yeah. you'd have to be looking now too. I know my buddy went to two of the games already. He went to the wild card against the Yankees and then the series clincher against the Rays. So he was awesome. he was lucky to be able to go there. I know he just moved out to Boston, so just in time. 
my brother's girlfriend was sending me the $9 student tickets for the ALDS. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, yo, uh, keep sending those once the championship series comes around. <laughs> I was going to say, that's like the average price at Tropicana. But we got to get nah. special. We got to get special student deals up here at Fenway. <laughs> Pat, uh, we want to mention any of the rest of the MLB playoffs or we want to move on. Yeah, I just know uh, I just know the Braves are up two one, which was a surprise to me because I thought the Brewers would uh, would do well. But the Giants are the other team I root for because my cousins live in California and they're Giants fans, and they have a two one lead over the Dodgers right now, which I'm shocked about because they have the pitching staff that they do, the the friggin' the lineup that they have. Their their offense is just always good. Their pitching staff is even better. I mean, they picked up Max Scherzer, which is crazy. But the Giants won one nothing last night, and then uh, I saw them pitch a the guy pitched a gem the other uh the other night so glad the giants are up 2-1 there and then uh, the astros beat the white Sox. so the astros will actually be our opponent in the alcs oh man hey you know what i'm looking forward to it who's gonna steal more signs alex cora or the houston astros man it's gonna be interesting and someone accused the astros of cheating again i think someone on the white Sox did but i i i'm sure they're not again that would be kind of ridiculous if they got caught cheating again but i hope they're not We'll have to wait and see what happens, man. Moving on to the NBA a little bit. I guess this is kind of the NBA. This is more the G League, but LiAngelo Ball signs a G League contract, which means he'll be eligible for the G League draft, which means the team's going to end up picking him. We don't know where he'll be yet, but Mm -hmm. it's good to have another ball ball brother in the league, man. I looked this up. He has more followers than 21 out of 30 NBA teams on Instagram. Even if he doesn't make a team, it would be huge to bring this guy in for a social (laughs) presence. It really would. Great marketing opportunity for GM out there. Yeah, it'd be like a taco fall situation. They just have, you know, (laughs) the third ball brother coming in. And his brothers are looking way better. So I hope I hope he continues to get better too because Lonzo's looking much better on the Bulls and uh Lamelo's, I mean he looked great last season. So hopefully Leangelo Leangelo could as well. Be nice to see all three of them in the league, man. That'd be pretty special. Ben Simmons reporting back to Philadelphia and Pat didn't tell anybody, man, this was shocking. Wink got his COVID test, rejoined the team for practice. <laughs> yeah, it was strange. I didn't expect that to happen at all. I don't know if it's because he was losing money for not showing up. Like he wants that money, but I am, I can't imagine that he's there to stay. Like I got to imagine they're still working on trades. Yeah, and they were they're saying that Rich Paul, his agent, has been working around the clock trying to make a deal happen with this Philly front office. But I like that he's in the building. And I mean, this could potentially increase his trade value if he's playing and playing well, you know. But some of the tweets have been hilarious saying he's just gonna start jacking 10 threes a game and sabotage this team any way he can. <laughs> I don't think that'll quite happen, but it yeah, it is an interesting situation to keep an eye on. Mm-hmm. And uh Dude, the Nets, man. Nets GM Sean Marks says Kyrie is sitting out until he's vaccinated. Do we think Kyrie's going to get vaccinated, Pat? I don't think so. I don't see why he should at the same time, just because it's his beliefs. Like, and if he, you know, it's, it's going to screw over the Nets and it's not fair to his teammates. But if I, if we know Kyrie, we know he's going to stick to his guns. I don't think he'll get vaccinated. I, ju- I just don't think he'll go through with it. I don't know if you're going to pass up on whatever he's making 36 million. Is he not going to play, man? I I know we said it the other week on the pod. If there's any guy in the league that would retire early and retire out of the blue and stick to his guns, it's Kyrie Irving, right? Yeah. It's like, uh, and I said this today, I mean, he's just, to me anyways, he's one of the most, he just 
causes so many problems, it seems, around the league, or at least he has for the last five or so years, ever since going to the Celtics and mm. then to the Nets. It's like there's just so many problems surrounding him at this point. Like I wouldn't, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he just was like, I'm done. I've made enough money. I retire, stick to my principles, and he goes on with his life. What a loss this would be for the Nets and for just the NBA in general. He's a top 15 player in the league. He's one of the most exciting yeah, ever. Absolutely. He has the best handles ever. One of the clutchest players ever. But like you said, man, forced his way out of Cleveland, screwed over Boston currently and in the past has screwed over the Nets. Yeah. Interesting to keep an eye on because they said, no, <laughs> he can't be a part-time player. He needs to get vaccinated in order to play Kyrie. I don't like calling it selfish because it is a personal decision. But it's selfish when you look at the other 14 guys in that locker room that are that are making sacrifices and putting things forward for their team. So it'll be interesting. Thing is, though, Nets are still a favorite in the East without Kyrie. Honestly, in my opinion, Mm -hmm. James Harden gets more shots. Kevin Durant gets more shots. That's that doesn't sound so bad if you ask me. Yeah, their situation's not bad at all. And then what was they picked up Patty Mills, too. Yeah. So along with the roster they have, Paul Millsap, was that correct as well? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So they, I mean, with the lineup they have, it's like they're they're in fine shape, even without Kyrie. James Harden and KD can just get more touches. Pat, story of the week here, man. John Gruden out as the Las Vegas Raiders head coach. Racist, sexist, homophobic, and other <laughs> just terrible comments. This is crazy. From a 2011 email. Now, my understanding is this is part of a larger investigation into the Washington football team. And okay. Apparently, now... Uh, Players are requesting that the other 650,000 emails that were part of that investigation into Dan Snyder and that whole ownership and everything, they're saying they want those to be released too. Because if John Gruden's saying these things, how many other coaches, strength trainers, assistant coaches, players are saying these things around the league? Mm -hmm. What what are your thoughts on this whole situation, man? This is pretty crazy how fast this went down. Yeah, because like, what are the responses to these emails that Gruden's sending? I I saw a thing today. I was like, why isn't Snyder getting investigated too? Or like, just Mm -hmm. I don't know, maybe because he's the owner. But everyone should be getting investigated because this is. I mean, it it was so weird to me because they came out with this one email and it was like this big thing, obviously. And the Raiders were kind of quiet about it. And then the NFL was like, all right, well, we have way more. And then more started coming out, like more terrible emails started surfacing. And then it kind of forced the Raiders hand. And uh, I think Mark Davis had to have a conversation with a, with Gruden at the facility. And I'm sure it just came to a mutual thing. Gruden's like, yeah, I know. I kind of, I got to step down. And Davis was like, yeah, it's probably for the best because none of the players are going to respect him. None of the players in those locker rooms are going to respect him. They're probably not going to have love for him anymore. So yeah, he probably would have lost the locker room anyways. And I would say urban hot urban Meyer is probably the happiest guy (laughs) after. I mean, he stands to benefit the most from this entire controversy. 100%. That is a funny truth that's hidden (laughs) in this whole thing for Urban. But yeah, you hit it on the head, man, with the lack of respect in the locker room. I mean, one, you're coaching a team with mostly black players on it, and you make a racial joke about the NFLPA executive director, Demora Smith, Mm -hmm. who it is kind of interesting. I don't want to get into this, but he is up (laughs) for re-election right now, and those voting that voting's happening. So people are like, what convenient timing? Put that aside. It doesn't matter. Saying that women shouldn't be refereeing in the NFL, saying that you shouldn't draft Michael Sam in 2014, the gay player that was Mm -hmm. the first gay player drafted. 
Carl Nassib is the first openly gay player in the NFL, and he's on this roster. Plays so for, yeah, plays how, for Gruden. How can your players have respect for you, man, when you're saying things like this? There's just no way he had to go. You can say anything else about it. It doesn't matter. John Gruden had to go, and the Raiders made the right decision. John Gruden's out of the NFL for life. But, Pat, it does beg the question, what about all the other terrible things people do and say? I mean, you have players in the league that beat their wives. You have players in the league that have had 14 drug issues. You've had players in the league with domestic violence and this and that. So where do we draw the line? Where, where do we draw the line when it comes to an email from 10 years ago, but not kicking Randy Gregory out of the league for beating his wife or what? You know, it may not have been him. Randy Gregory has a lot of issues, but I shouldn't, I shouldn't say that on him. <laughs> for, for me, it's just like, where do we draw the line? Like, yeah, that's, that's, that's what this brings up to me, man, because compared to what some people do, it doesn't seem as bad. And I know it is, I know it is, but compared to what some mm-hmm. active players and coaches in the league have gone through, man, I mean, it's, it's, it's interesting. No, it there's really definitely, is. there's definitely inconsistencies because I mean, people will get a four game suspension for literally like domestic violence. It's unbelievable. It's, there are inconsistencies and that's not to justify obviously what Gruden did. And I mean, he should have lost a job because it's, I think about, I equate it to like my job. If I were just, if something like that came out mm-hmm. that I said, like, I mean, my boss would not be happy about that. Like, and that. yeah, anywhere, anywhere you work. If I worked anywhere, my boss would say that, and it would probably be a serious problem. Maybe some places you might not get fired, but I would say most you probably would. So especially in such a public level like that and such a high level, I mean, he's the head coach of the Raiders organization. There's just, there's no avoiding it. Absolutely agree. But when Ray Rice knocks his girlfriend out in an elevator and drags her out by her hair and gets suspended two games the same time that Brady gets four games for deflating a couple footballs, Mm -hmm. I would just like some consistency from the NFL. That's all I want. But you know, you're never going to get that from, as Gruden calls him, (laughs) anti-football Roger Goodell. (laughs) Yeah, the the whole Ray Rice thing, Like it was almost up to the rest of the NFL and the teams to blackball him and made sure he never come back to the league. Like if it was up to, you know, Goodell and whatever, the power, the power that be that, um, I mean, he would have gotten the game suspension and if someone wanted them, wanted to roster him, they would have. But it was kind of up to the teams individually to not do that. Uh, Pat, it's a it's a sticky situation, but I think the Raiders made the right call at the end of the day. We definitely 100 percent before we get into uh, this week five review, Pat, how do we do in fantasy this week, man? Good. I, well, I won in all three of my leagues, which every time I say it, I'm like three is too many, but the biggest <laughs> one was in my big money league. I was down 40 points, which standard PPR scoring down 40 points. I go to bed because I couldn't catch all the Ravens game. I mean, it looked bleak at halftime. It did. And all I have is Lamar Jackson. He is nobody. And so I go to bed. I'm like, Oh, I definitely lost. I was still down like 30 at that point. I wake up, <laughs> I, was, I hadn't been down 40. Lamar has 41, and I won by one point. So I ended up winning that by one point on a last-second comeback. So it was a good week for sure. But how did how did your teams do? Your team? So it was another week where I was projected to lose by about 40, and I ended up with just some players balling out. Pat, I sent you a text. I'm missing five of my seven yeah. positions. This was unbelievable. You, you scored so many points this week, and you have nobody. No, I scored like 158 and 40 of them were for Justin Herbert, man. I'm missing McCaffrey, Montgomery, Kittle, Jarvis Landry, Julio Jones, but the boys got the dub, man. Jamar Mm -hmm. Chase has been balling out for me. 
you know, Absolutely. we've had some guys stepping up. Hunter Henry had a phenomenal week. So I, I, I feel like I got a little bit lucky. That's for sure. And now you got McCaffrey coming back. So all is well. Ah, I'm hoping, man. I'm hoping. All is well gonna, for now. We're going <laughs> to. Yeah, for now. Well, I had Saquon see. and Saquon got hurt. So that's uh, that's not good. I'm in the same yeah. situation now. Well, I was at work today. I'm like deciding which of my four IR players to put in my IR spot. I was like, I was like, hmm, I'll put Kittle there for now. <laughs> yeah, because then you might drop someone else. You might not. Yeah, you got to put the most important one on the IR. We'll see what the waiver wire says for me tomorrow, man. But Pat, let's <laughs> dive into this. And you have it on here, man. Kickers, dude. Story of the kickers. I'm watching the Pats game. Three extra points missed in a row. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about that Bengals packers game but <laughs> yeah 13 missed extra points this week missed field goals left and right it was nuts this week with the kicking dude it was That's really crazy. bad it was really bad and then you even last night you had last night uh monday night rodrigo blankenship missed the field goal to win yeah. it for the colts and granted it was 47 yards and might have been a little windy but hey we got a little help if he missed from 47 yards it was yet another missed field goal and that wasn't the extra points are really bad i mean 13 missed extra points yeah. is crazy that's i mean those are those should be automatic every time out yeah realistically an nfl kicker should hit 99 percent of the extra points 99 percent really should 100 <laughs> percent. but pat starting this off thursday night football the rams take down the seahawks but that's not the story man it's russell wilson they're saying he could be out four weeks, six mm-hmm. weeks, eight. Like he could be out for a while, man, with this finger injury. And I got to tell you, the season's looking a little bleak for the Seahawks if that's how it goes. Yeah, it's not looking great. And uh, I'm curious how the whole team will do in terms of Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, what's going to happen at running back with like Alex Collins and Chris Carson. I'm just curious how the rest of the team will perform because who's their quarterback now? Is it Gino, Gino Smith? Smith? Baby. Gino what a, time. I completely forgot about that name. I think I remember him playing at like West Virginia back in the day and then yeah. coming in, he was on the jets and then I don't know where he floated around, but now, now he's taken over the Seahawks for at least, I don't know, like four weeks at least. And uh, I'm, I'm curious to see how they'll do. That's a tough injury for Seattle. Last rookie quarterback to beat Bill Belichick, Geno Smith, 2013. Wow. That's a crazy stat. <laughs> you wouldn't have expected it to be him. Dude, It's I got to tell you, man, it's not looking good for Seattle with Geno Smith, a quarterback. He came out hot, then threw a costly pick. And I mean... This team is already so much just on Russell Wilson's back that, you know, I, I can't imagine that they're going to do much. That was the, it was the worst injury that could have happened to them. Cause you're right. He was the absolute spearhead of that team. And now they're just, they're just it's a dull stick at the end. It's just Geno Smith. Yeah. You're talking about Pat Mahomes going down for the chiefs. You're talking about Lamar going down for the Ravens. I mean, this oh, is disaster time mm-hmm. for, for Seattle. Now, the Steelers beat the Broncos. We both picked this game wrong, Pat, but Juju out for the season, man. Chase Claypool looked fantastic. Deonta Johnson looked fantastic. Steelers get the win to move to two and three. Broncos to three and two after starting three and oh, man. Mm-hmm. These are two teams I can't get a read on at all, Pat. I The Steelers have to be maybe the most inconsistent and confusing teams in the NFL. They right are now because you have no idea what you're going to get out of them week in and week out. Yeah, I was thinking it's the Steelers and the Saints right now. You don't know what you're going to get out of either of those teams. Like my buddies were putting bets down and they were like, yeah, we're not going to bet on the Saints because you have no idea what you're going to get. You don't know if you're going to score 10 points or you're going to go score 40. You just you don't know what Jameis is going to do. I mean, Jameis looked good, but um, it's the same thing with the Steelers. And honestly, the Broncos at this point, too, because Teddy played. He didn't look that bad, but 
the Steelers just looked better and it was a surprise. And honestly, the Juju injury isn't that bad for the Steelers. I would say like it more, it might be a reason just to have them go to a different team because Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool as a one and two are unreal. And now I'm get more targets. I just think it's uh, an overall, it, it's not that bad. You know, it's not that bad for, uh, for Juju because he can go somewhere else. I think that could benefit him. And clearly there's a new one and two in Pittsburgh. Yeah, and hopefully a new quarterback at some point soon too. Because they I mean... need to draft a new quarterback. <laughs> they really, they really do. It's bad. They they could be pretty good if they had a legit quarterback over there, man. But you uh-huh. just can't trust Ben, his health, and his lack of mobility. That's for sure. They should have started developing one like two years ago. Honestly, that's what <laughs> I said. Should have gone with the Belichick plan. Just keep drafting quarterbacks, just in case Tom Brady got old. Well, do you point, uh, you know, do you see how uh, Rogers and was it Rogers and Mike Tomlin? How they were looking at each other? Was it last week? I mean, they, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they were they were smiling big at each other. Imagine they were flirting a little. Yeah, there was, it was there was, was it was flirtatious. <laughs> Imagine Rogers went to the Steelers. Oh, the man, green and yellow to the black and yellow. I don't know. If you look at those old Packers jerseys, it looks like he could. They do kind of, yeah. The Steelers. (laughs) It would be, I mean, it'd be sweet for Pittsburgh, not good for the AFC North and my Ravens. It would, man. It it would definitely look good for them. Chargers edging out the Browns. This game was crazy. 47 to 42, dude. Felt like there wasn't a punt to be seen during this game, but Herbert looks, I mean, I can't even describe it. 400 passing yards, a bunch on the ground, five touchdowns, no picks. Baker looked fantastic. Neither defense looked great enough. <laughs> they did not look great. <laughs> Erwin James still had a nice sack. Got to gotta point out my defensive player of the year right there. But, Pat, I got to tell you, my takeaway from this game, it was the same thing they were saying on Get Up the next morning. I think it was Ryan Clark and Rex Ryan were saying it. The team with the franchise quarterback won this game. Mm-hmm. The team with the A quarterback won and the team with the B quarterback lost. And I hate saying it about Baker because I like Baker and I want to root for him, but he caps out at being like a B plus guy. And you look at Justin Herbert, who right now next to Lamar Jackson and Kyler Murray are the MVPs of the NFL. You see what that next level quarterback does. If, if you swap the quarterbacks, who wins this game? The Browns win. If Justin Herbert yeah. is their quarterback. And I got to tell you, Herbert just looks incredible. He saved me in fantasy this week. He had like 44 points, but (laughs) the Browns are in a great spot. The Chargers in a great spot, but I just don't see the Browns getting it done with Baker at quarterback. And maybe he'll prove me wrong, but I got to tell you that next wave of great young quarterbacks is here. You have Justin Herbert, you have Josh Allen, you have Pat Mahomes, you have Lamar Jackson. Baker's just not part of that list, man. He's just not part of that list for me. I think Baker, I, I think with that defense that they have, like obviously they didn't look good, but they're well capable of way more than that. I mean, they held the Vikings to seven points last week. I think with that defense, Baker could do something great with them. Like I do have faith in Baker, and I think people put way too much blame on him for that loss against the Chargers. I mean, I think his wife or fiance came out with a post and you know, for all you people saying that's all on Baker, it's like you're terrible fans, which I agree. I mean, it's not all on Baker at all. Baker played and, great. He did. Yeah. And who has he had to throw to this year? I mean, Jarvis Landry was on IR. It is on IR. OBJ was out. He has David Njoku, who had a beast game, seven catches for 149 yards. And then it's Donovan Peoples Jones and Richard Higgins. And Austin again, Hooper's still there. Yes, he's there, but he doesn't really get utilized. And I don't know if he's injured or not. I haven't even really he doesn't he didn't have any catches last week, so I'm not sure what's going on with him. Right. But and Joku had all the targets and all the catches. 
and they do have the best backfield tandem in, in the uh, entire league in Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. So, they, I mean, they have all the capabilities. Obviously, rushing is different than receiving. So in terms of Baker, I, I think he'll be fine. Like you said, the Browns are in a good spot, and I think he could do something great with them. But the way Justin Herbert's looking, he has way more potential at this point. Yeah, man, it's something about this new wave of quarterback where they're all 6'5". They all yeah. move really well, and they have cannons. Like, Trevor Lawrence is 6'6", six, six, and he moves so well. And I'm like, man, it's this new wave, the Allen, mm-hmm. the Mahomes. Oh, dude, they just look unbelievable. But I'm with you. I think Baker I think Baker can be great. I mean, if you have an A defense and great targets out there, then you can win. But, man, I they keep saying it like, do the Browns win because of Baker Mayfield? I don't think so. The Chargers win because of Justin Herbert. Lamar, I mean, what would the what would the Ravens yeah, they, win without Lamar? Like, they won because of Lamar. No, you're right. It's a good point. Team on my back right there. Now, two now two teams that need some help, man. These Jets and these <laughs> Falcons playing in London, man. It did not look pretty. But the Falcons get it done. Kyle Pitts has his coming out party. He has like nine catches for 120 and a touchdown. Jets don't look great. And, Pat, you put it on here, man. The fans in London, it is so funny to see, dude. It is hilarious. Yeah, there's actually a good crowd there. I mean, I think there's a good NFL fan base in England. Like, I think they actually genuinely like it. And I could see them doing a London franchise. Logistically, travel might be tough, but I could see them trying to do that eventually. I think the Chargers originally were in talks that maybe uh, before they went to LA, maybe going there, but obviously LA worked out for them. They got SoFi Stadium, wicked nice. Struggling for fans, their last uh, their last home game. They, there was a even even uh, who, where did they play? Did they play in Cleveland or did, they played in LA? Yeah, was, were, yeah, the announcers were saying there's a lot of Cleveland fans there, and they were making a lot of noise. So that's that's kind of tough when an Ohio team is at your home stadium and. You're struggling for fans, but that's besides the point. Yeah. I mean, the London crowd looked awesome. They got jerseys from every NFL team. I said, it reminded me of that Rob Lowe picture and meme where it's like (laughs) him just wearing the NFL hat. He's just, I'm just a fan of the sport. I'm just a fan of the league. I I do like it. Yeah. I think they packed uh, Tottenham stadium. Yeah. Yeah. That brand new stadium that Tottenham has. Pat, I get the Rob Lowe comment when I wear my ESPN hat because it just says nothing but ESPN, and people people tell me it, it reminds them of the Rob Lowe. <laughs> yeah, it does kind of. Yeah, you're right. Now, I mean, Falcons, they finally get back on track. Jets, Zach Wilson looked terrible, but, you know, who, who knows what's going to happen with the Jets this season. Moving on, dude, Packers beating the Bengals in overtime. And, Pat, I got to tell you, even my girlfriend is, like, cracking up at the end of this game because we're watching the recap on Red Zone. Mm-hmm. and. Missed field goal after missed field goal after missed field goal, dude. Mason Crosby misses three. The Bengals kicker misses a couple, dude. This this was kind of tough to watch at a point. It was bad. I, I remember looking at the app and it, it said like the recent uh, recent activity, recent drives. It said missed field goal, missed field goal, interception, missed field goal, missed field goal. And I was like, what is going on? I mean, I was watching it at Red Zone too, but yeah. <laughs> Like it was funny having it laid out like that for me because I didn't even realize how bad it was till I looked at it on my screen. I was like, wow. I was like, uh, more kicker problems. And you think first play of overtime, Burrow throws a pick. You're like, all right, Rogers has the ball, 30 yards, easy field goal. Mm-hmm. Crosby misses it. They go down the field. The Bengals kicker misses it after hitting two game winners this year already, man. And you see him jump up and start celebrating before he realizes that it's missed. And I mean, that was sad. Rogers, 
that was that was pure pain <laughs> i saw that i was like oh Especially no he's like our age you know he's like yeah you feel bad 23. you feel bad he's all pumped thought he thought he had the big kick no not quite Rodgers gets down the field. Crosby ices it, man. That has to feel good for Mason Crosby because if you go 0 for 4, including two overtime field goals, man, yeah, I'm not, sh- I'm not sure you're on the roster next week, even though you've been the Packers kicker for 10 years. Like, I'm not sure you, I'm not sure you stay on that team. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it could be justified. Pat, the Eagles storm back against the Panthers, man. Obviously, Panthers are missing a bunch of guys. They're, they're missing some guys on defense, but. Jalen Hurts is accounting for over 80% of the Eagles yards on offense right now. And man, I got to tell you, I wish this boy had some help because Jalen Hurts is balling out. And man, if he, if he had some weapons out there, I feel like, I feel like he could really be doing something Yeah, and, and, and the defense obviously. Has and, to if, and of course I didn't pick the Eagles this week, right? Like I, I feel like you convinced me not to, I picked the Panthers <laughs> and like, and the Eagles came back. I mean, granted they almost <laughs> lost, but they came back and got the win. So good for the Eagles, but. I should have picked him. I'm just trying to sabotage your picks, Pat. It's all mine. Yeah, I know. I should have known better. You know, no McCaffrey, no JC Horn. I should have known better. (laughs) Raiders dropping their second straight game, Pat. They're playing the Bears, man. And somehow we turn around and the Bears are three and two. Justin Fields winning two starts in a row, man. Mm -hmm. Are the Bears going to do something that that we didn't expect them to? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. But by... What I said last week that the Raiders might be a uh, might be a uh, fraudulent or overrated, I guess, was looking. It looks a little uh, better having said that last week, and now they lost to the Bears. Mm. So I wouldn't give the Bears too much credit. I think the Raiders just looked really bad, and now they got this coaching situation, so it's going to get even worse. So my prediction looked pretty good, but three and two now. Uh, I would have to check. Uh, we'll get into the matchups. I don't know who they're playing next week, but we'll get to that when we get there. Yeah, not feeling great about the Raiders after everything that's been going on in Las Vegas. Moving on, Cardinals 49ers, man. More injuries in this game. Trey Lance gets hurt too, but it's a, it's a defensive game, 17-10 to 10 in favor of the Cardinals, man. Cardinals keep that perfect record, don't they? 5-0? and 0? Are they the last Yeah, game? they're undefeated. Yeah, it was good oh, to see man. the defense have a showing too. It was yeah. nice. You know, it wasn't just on the offense. Like, they got 17 points and still got the dub. So, it's just showing how well-rounded they are. Yeah, man. Hey, we both picked those Cardinals to win that NFC West. And I think that I think that they're on their way. They look fantastic and they're going to be a very interesting team come playoff time because I would not want to go against that offense, man. They have pieces left and right and everywhere over the field. Very interesting. Yeah. AJ Green didn't even get used this past week. You know, they still they throw to Rondale Moore a lot, it seems. But uh, but D hop had a great game that Rondell Moore catch on the left sideline. Oh my gosh, that was incredible. He's good. Like he's he's very good. He came out of nowhere, but he's been very good this season. I think he was a second round pick this year. And I'm like, man, you got AJ Green, D Hop, second yeah. round draft choice. Give me Larry Fitzgerald, damn it. I need Larry Fitzgerald back on this team for one more season, Pat. I, I know. And then you got Christian Kirk, who I just see nothing about. I know. And it's always Rondell Moore. James Connor and man. yeah. They got some pieces. <laughs> Christian Kirk, yeah. Christian Kirk did have five catches this week. So yeah, I guess go. you're you're still seeing some of them, but it was only 39 yards. So All nothing right. to write um, home about. Patriots edging out the Texans, man. And this game was so ugly. It was terrible. We were getting whooped on by these Texans. Luckily, we came back. Mac was Mac was so good. He was so consistent in that second half. It was it was ugly at points, but Nick Folk hit some important kicks. 
the mm-hmm. Texans kind of crumbled. There was some terrible play calling and terrible clock management by David Culley for the Texans. We're not expecting a lot of the Texans. They moved to one and four. But Pat, I'm feeling good about the Pats being two and three, considering the Chiefs are two and three and Mahomes has six picks. Mac Jones has five. So I'm just going to let myself feel okay about that, even though these Patriots are not looking good. <laughs> yeah, and we were saying, I mean, they were a good one and three. We were saying that last week, and I I still feel that way. And I think after a couple the couple tough losses they had in those first four games, they deserve to come out of this with the win, even though it was an ugly performance and that they made the Texans look pretty good. I'm glad they still came out with the win. And I would say it's justified for them for sure. Problem is we're playing the Cowboys next week. So I'm not that is a problem. Too good about that one. <laughs> but you'd be, you'd be a real good looking three and three if you win that game. Cause that would be a great win. That's very true. That's very true. Pat, I'm going to let you take this one. Ravens, Colts, Monday night football. Ravens steal the show, man. I know. And like I said, like I said at the beginning, I went to bed at halftime and I was just not feeling good. I had to watch the highlights today. The Ravens, I think in their first five games, have played three primetime games. So I've literally watched three halves and then two full games. And, you know, I I don't think they're man. (laughs) Yeah, I don't think I can't stay up late. I think they'll have uh, I don't think they'll have any more. I think three. I mean, Thursday, Sunday and Monday. I don't know if they play those multiple times, but I would hope that they're done. And hopefully I can just catch the rest of the games. But I woke up this morning in shock because we did not look good. Things were looking bleak, but. I wake up and Lamar had probably the best performance all around that he's had in his entire career. It was awesome. So we'll just go through the stats here. Well, first I'll give a shout out to Mark Andrews because Mark Andrews got that huge game tying touchdown. And then the two point conversion as well. Rodrigo Blankenship missed the field goal. And then Marquise Brown, what can you say? gets the TD in overtime. And when Lamar won the coin toss, he said, he said, it's over. That's what I saw on Twitter today on the, uh, the Sports Center accounts. He said, it's over once they won the coin toss. And watching that last drive, he sure looked like it too. He looked, he looked awesome. But the stats anyways, he set the NFL record for completion percentage in both a 400-yard passing game and a 40-attempt passing game at 86%. He's the first QB in NFL history to complete 85% of passes in a 400-yard game. Franchise record of the Ravens for passing yards at 442, which I was kind of surprised that Flacco never hit that once just by chance because he always slung the ball. And then uh, first player in NFL history with 400 yards passing, four TDs, zero picks, and 50 yards rushing in a singular game, which they were kind of reaching with that last stat. That's a lot of different numbers, but, you know, something to pad the resume. But he, I, yeah, he had an awesome performance. Man, Dan Graziano said it on Get Up this morning. He's like, there's not a player in the league that's more valuable to their team than Lamar Jackson. Absolutely. He does not. absolutely everything. And I love that he's shutting down all the haters. Oh, he can't pass the ball. Oh, he's not accurate. Oh, he has the most accurate 400 yard game of all time. Oh, he has the most accurate 40 pass attempt game of all time. Yep. Lamar looks incredible, man. You know, and this was kind of remember, we talked about it before the year that he didn't sign the contract extension that, you know, and we were like, all right, he's going to get a little less than Josh Allen. He's going to get a little. No, he's going to get he's going to get paid once. Yeah, he's going to get whatever he wants. And the only thing that I fear is remember when the, uh, they gave Joe Flacco all the money in the world and it blew up the entire roster. Yeah, I hope that doesn't happen. I hope that they learn from that mistake and can figure out how to build the roster the right way around him. Because you look at somewhere like Kansas City, you know, they spend a lot of money on Pat Mahomes and it's like, all right, they could use that money elsewhere. They're missing a lot of pieces. So 
Um, you know, hopefully the Ravens can keep everyone together, but they look really, really good right now. They look yeah, absolutely. Really and that's actually a great segue into the next game, which was Bill's Chiefs, because the Chiefs had, I think, Kelsey had a stinger, and then there were a few other injuries as well. Like, big players got injured. Joe Thune, I think, broke something. I can't remember what it was. Joe Thune is out. Yeah. I'd have to uh, I'd have to look up and exactly see what it was, but yeah, the Chiefs suffered some injuries and it got a lot worse too because it was a blowout loss to the Bills. Bills absolutely beat them up, thirty-eight to twenty in Arrowhead in Kansas City, which I think is big, man. And you know, my dad was kind of saying it. He's like, "Yeah, Mahomes is going to be there for a long time, but how long does Kelsey stay healthy? How long does Tyreek Hill stay around as the fastest guy in the league?" How- Clyde Edwards Hilaire just got put on IR. That was the uh, yep. having a great CEH. Yep, he's done for a while. Man, it's it's kind of looking bleak, and you know, you put it on here, Pattern. Our team's figuring the Chiefs out. I I was reading that they were saying, yeah, what we're doing is we're making Mahomes play conservative. We're making him throw five yard balls because he doesn't want to. He wants mm-hmm. to throw the eighty you know, yard pass, the 60 yard pass. He wants those big plays. If you make him throw at the line of scrimmage, he's a lot less effective because he doesn't like making those throws. Mm -hmm. But I I saw this stat, which blew my mind. The chiefs are allowing 7.1 yards per play this season. Every time the other offense is on the field, 7.1 yards. Averaging over a touchdown. (laughs) Right. And the best offense ever is the Rams in 2000 greatest show on turf court Kurt Warner, Torrey Holt, Marshall Falk. They average seven yards of play on offense. The chiefs are allowing more than that. Every single play, man, that is, that is tough to come back from. They're sitting at two and three, Pat, two and three. Yeah. It's, it's tough because you literally have to play a mistake free game at that point. And defenses are making Mahomes make mistakes. I believe he already has as many interceptions as he's through all of last season, which I am pretty sure was the number six. Yeah, so he picks this year. Yeah. He's already totaled last year's total. So clearly something's working for opposing defenses. Maybe they've figured something out and yeah, the chiefs defense has not looked good at all. And I think that if anything, like I think their offense can always bounce back, but I don't think the defense can, I think that defense is going to be, bottom seven in the league all year. And if you have that, I mean, you really have to come out and it's just going to be a shootout every game. And the bills put up 38 against them. Josh Allen looked awesome, but like you said, and the defenses are figuring it out and the chiefs only put up 20. So it just wasn't enough. Pat, what if I told you that in the AFC West, the chargers were four and one, the Raiders and Broncos were three and two and the chiefs were two and three. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, what? That is nuts, dude. I mean, at this point, we got to think the Chargers are winning this division. I don't think the Chiefs are done. I don't think they're out. I think they'll make the playoffs. But I got to tell you, I think this is the Chargers division as it stands right now. Like, I don't see the Chiefs, you know, rattling off six in a row, seven in a row. I don't see that happening. Well, the Chargers having who they have. I mean, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams had a crazy week this week. They have Austin Eckler. Their defense is great. That's the the Chargers defense looks awesome. And then Herbert, if Herbert keeps playing like he's playing, they're going to be set because they all Jared Cook at tight end too. I mean, there's no shortage of options. The Chargers look great. And Pat, somehow we have barely mentioned the Bills. We've only talked about the Chiefs here. But I know bills the bills. Are, yeah. That's kind of bad on us. The bills, the bills great. are four and one. They've won four in a row scoring an ungodly amount of points. Their defenses looked great <laughs> and they're the best team in the AFC. That isn't the chargers like yeah. that. Those are the, those are the top two in the AFC than everyone else. In my opinion, 
I guess credit to the Chiefs because the Bills had given up 21 points total in their last three games, as we noted last week, including two shutouts. Yeah. And the Chiefs put up 20, so they almost matched that. But it's like with Josh Allen and that offense, how well they're running. I mean, Josh Allen looks incredible. So, I mean, you got to put up 35 plus to compete with him. That's how it goes, man. That's how it goes. Now, Pat, for our picks for last week, you went 10 and 6. I went 12 and 4, which means we're tied up. After five weeks of picks, man, after 80 games, we are 49 and 31 each, man. So it's, it's going to be tight down the stretch, Pat. I, it is. I think, this, I, think, I think we're doing all right. We're both sitting pretty well over 500, so I'm feeling good. Yeah, and maybe if we, like, did these on paper separately, maybe the records would be different. Maybe, like, we influence each other when we're picking, uh, you know, just in real time together. But I don't know. I still think it'd be very close because a lot of these matchups we've been pretty sure about. Pick against the Eagles, Pat. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, this time I am. This time I am. I, I don't blame you there, man. So we're starting off with that matchup of Bucks at Eagles in Philly. We're both going Bucks, right? Yeah, it's a hundred percent. Because even though the Eagles came back last week, they still didn't look good. So uh, I, I just find it hard to believe that they'll do anything against Brady in prime time, no less. Right. Yeah. That's going to, that's going to be a fun Thursday night game after, you know, Brady gets 400 yards and five touchdowns and no picks. I mean, just looking unreal <laughs> for 44 years old. The guy is, the guy is a machine mm-hmm. moving on to the next game, Miami at Jacksonville, Pat, I'm going Jaguars to get their first win. The dolphins scored some points last week. They didn't look terrible. Freaking miles Gaskin. I put him on the bench for the first time. And he pops off for 30 points in fantasy catching two touchdowns, but I'm going the Jaguars get their first win. It's a home game. I know the travel's not crazy for Miami, but I'm not trusting Jacoby Brissett and miles Gaskin and Devonte Parker to get it done. I'm, I'm going to give the Jags their first win. I think. I tell you what, with the Miles Gaskin thing, at least you kept him on your bench because in my other two leagues, people dropped him. He's oh, yeah. he's literally on waivers, and I have a chance of getting him, which would be huge. Score on yeah, because running backs is a struggle right now yeah. for me, at least. So, not too bad of you to just put him on the bench, and you still won. But I'm gonna go with the Dolphins. I I just they looked okay last they looked okay last week, despite getting. Mm-hmm. I mean. The, with who they were playing. I mean, the Bucs just right. are unreal. I think the Dolphins, just the drop in competition, like if they keep up how they played last week and play against the Jaguars, it's going to be a much better time. I think uh, I think they'll get it done against Jacksonville. What about Chiefs at Washington, Pat? And I do, Washington is going to be, uh, I think they're going to be a tough out in this game. I, I still just find it so hard to pick against the Chiefs. I know CEH is going to be hurt. I don't know if Kelsey's playing. I hope he plays. I, I I imagine he will, but I think Mahomes will rectify some mistakes, and I think he'll look pretty good. I think the Chiefs get it done. Yeah, I think it's also one of those, like, after taking a beating, like, you, you don't want to play Pat Mahomes. And no. who knows? Maybe, uh, maybe Washington shows out, but I'm going Chiefs because I feel like after a bad loss and after not looking great, it's time for Mahomes to go, you know, super sand and just put the team on his back. Like, he absolutely needs to have those Lamar games. He needs to have those Herbert. Ga- he needs to be Pat Mahomes. He needs mm-hmm. to be the best player in the NFL. That's who he is. That's what it is, man. So I'm going Chiefs there, too. Rams I think it's a good pick. G- what was that? So I, I think it's it. a good pick. Yeah, without a doubt, man. Rams at Giants. I mean, I'm going Rams, Pat. I don't think there's much discussion there. No, nah, this this one's Rams all the way. The Giants, I don't know if they're going to – they're not going to have – Saquon, Daniel Jones was hurt too. I, th- I think he'll play, but I'm honestly not sure. And uh, Kenny Galladay is doubtful as well. So injuries, of, it's it's going to be Rams. 
I agree with you there, man. Battle of the one and fours in the AFC South. We got Houston visiting Indianapolis, Pat. Lindy looked pretty good against the Ravens, and they're really not that bad. Like it just depends how Carson's gonna play. I think I think Carson will play well at home. I certainly think they'll play well enough to beat the Texans because with how bad the Patriots looked and the Patriots still got the dub, I think the Colts can definitely do it. I feel the same way. I mean, even though Carson Wentz is is you know a little shaky and the Colts are one and four, he didn't play the first couple of games. Mm-hmm. I don't think that Davis Mills is going to lead this team to two touchdown drives on their first two possessions like he did against. The I don't Patriots. think so either. I think the Texans were also responding to getting a forty piece in the mouth by the Bills the week prior. So I'm going to go Colts. I don't think the Texans have enough. If Tyrod Taylor was out there, I think I would pick the Texans, but I got to go Colts here. I like the we Colts got pick. Bengals at Lions, Pat. Joey B, I'm rocking with him. You can't can't pick against the Bengals right now. I know. And like I think maybe two weeks ago, part of me, I, I think I would have taken the Lions, but I'm just gonna I have to take the Bengals. The I mean, the Lions are 0-5, and they did lose a heartbreaker this week to the Vikings. I mean, the coach was crying. Uh it was Dan Campbell. He was Campbell, he was yeah. crying, it was sad. But he cares for the team, which I like to see, but I just don't think that's going to be enough to get him over over how Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase have been playing. Yeah, love and respect for your team is incredible, but it doesn't get a win, man. And I feel the same way. Joe Burrow, I think, I, I didn't mention him in that last class of just great young quarterbacks. He's right there, man. I am a absolutely huge Joe Burrow fan. I think mm-hmm. that he has all the pieces, man. And I think... I think him and Jamar Chase, man, I mean, that looks like Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs. That looks like Pat Mahomes, Tyreek. That looks like the next elite wide receiver quarterback combo. I love watching those two play, and it's not just because Jamar Chase is on my fantasy team, I promise. <laughs> Jamar he Chase has looked unreal. He has, man. He's he's the first rookie since Randy Moss to put up his stats in the first five games. Like he, he has a crazy amount of yards. He has like six touchdowns already. He's been incredible. He really has. And it's funny coming from the preseason with like people talking about his drops and him saying that it was tough transitioning to the size of the ball. And then all of a sudden he comes out and he's putting up the stats. He is like, now he just had six for 159 and a touchdown. He duped us, man. He was just he rolling. He, yeah. He, he was like, oh, the cornerbacks won't cover me. If just, I say I can't just sandbagging <laughs> the entire league. They're like, we don't need to worry about tomorrow. He can't catch the ball. Now we got the uh, four and one Packers against the three and two Bears in Chicago at Soldier Field. Man, Justin Fields won two in a row. Pat, we, any love for the Bears? I, they're three and two, which is shocking to me. I I can't even believe that I'm saying that record. I mean, at least at the very best, I would expect them to be two and three. But three and two, good for them. But it's not going to help them against the Packers. Rodgers will get it done in Chicago. Bears defense is really good though. Yeah, they did look good. I'm definitely going with Rodgers too, man. I'm going with the pack for sure. I, I just can't see Justin Fields winning that game. But, man, we kept saying it. Matt Nagy, do you want to keep your job? Do you want to be a head coach for the Chicago Bears? Start mm-hmm. Justin Fields. One, two games starting Justin Fields, man. It's nice nice to see him getting a little love and respect out there. I'm going with the pack too. But, Pat, I'm going to let you pick this next game first because we got <laughs> Chargers at D-Moore at the bank. Well, I'm definitely nervous for this game, and I it was funny because I was looking at preseason. Like, my buddy's a Chargers fan, and then I'm a Ravens fan, so we were thinking about 
taking the train down to MT Bank, but we didn't do it. We didn't pull the trigger. It would have been a would have been a lot for a Sunday you trip. Time. You still got time. <laughs> it would have been a lot for a Sunday trip. So we we didn't. We'll, we'll we'll watch it from the comfort of our homes of our homes. But I got to take the Ravens in this one. I know they didn't start great against the Colts. It was a extremely slow start. They didn't do anything really till just about the fourth quarter. But uh, I think they'll have a quicker start against the Chargers. I think I think they'll get it done at home. If it was in LA, I would probably pick the Chargers. Even though there would be sixty percent Ravens fans there. In that this stadium. is this <laughs> is true. I guess with the Chargers, that doesn't make that much of a difference. I got to rock with the Chargers, man. And I'm kind of feeling a Chargers Browns game here. I'm kind of feeling like shootout, yeah. 41 to 38, both quarterbacks, 400 yards. I think this is going to be such an exciting game, man. I'm so glad that this is a one o'clock game and the Pats are four o'clock so that I can watch this game because I'm amped for it. Absolutely. Pat, I got to tell you, I'm kind of like, I'm kind of falling for this Chargers team a little bit. Like, yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm like, I'm really into it. And, I haven't had like a second NFL team in a long time. Back in the day, I used to love the 49ers because I loved Patrick Willis and Navarro Bowman, man. I just fell in love with that defense. And I really, really liked the 49ers back in the day. And I think the Chargers might be my West Coast team now. I, th- I think I'm kind of falling for them a little bit. I'm going to pick the Chargers. I think I think Herbie gets it done, man. But both both of these teams are so much fun to watch. And as a as a Patriots fan that doesn't have a stake in this game, I'm just so excited to watch it as a neutral. This is going to be mm-hmm. a fantastic game. I am going Chargers, but I cannot wait for this game. I think this is the game of the week. It's it's Yeah, I would say it is. It's going to be awesome. I think it's the best matchup. And it's funny you say that because I used to love Michael Crabtree and Frank Gore. Yeah, like they dude. were two, they were two of my favorite players. And then, uh, yeah, Patrick Willis too. I even liked, uh, I even like Vernon Davis. Vernon Davis was awesome at tight end. So the, yeah, the Niners used to be a lovable team, honestly. And that's when Alex Smith was there. Joe Stanley. Yeah. Alex Apple, Smith had a smooth operation running until Kaepernick came in. But Delaney Walker was their backup tight end. Dude. Yeah. Great team. Man. Great they team. Were awesome. All right. Moving on. Vikings visiting the Panthers, man. I don't I don't really know who to pick here, Pat. I'm struggling with this one a little bit. I think the Vikings are going to get it done. The Panthers will have McCaffrey again, but I think mm-hmm. uh, the Vikings looked good. And for some reason, I just, I feel like, I feel like they'll get it done. I, well, I just I'm said gonna... the Vikings looked good. They did not look good. They actually almost <laughs> blew that game, but I think they will look good this week. They still managed to win, even though they looked ugly. I'm going to go, I'm going to, I'm going to go with the Panthers a little bounce back after these two losses in a row. I think McCaffrey just puts, the ultimate juice back into this offense. And I think both teams are going to score a decent amount of points, but I'm going to go with the home team here. And I don't have much of a reason outside of they're playing at home and they get McCaffrey back. Mm. I don't have much analysis outside of that. (laughs) (laughs) We got the Cardinals visiting Cleveland. This is the other game of the week. I mean, yeah. yeah, Besides Ravens chargers, this one's awesome. Cardinals Brown. I tell I I'm going to take Browns at home. I think Baker gets it done. I think Baker takes the O. You, you just knew that I was going to pick the cards. Is that what it was? Well, I knew you would, but I also have faith in Baker. Yeah, and much for me. <laughs> I got to take him. Yeah, I mean, again, I like Baker. I just don't yeah, think he's at that next him. level. I mean, if I'm going to put Baker at a B-plus cap, you know, Kyler Murray, we don't know what his cap is yet. I mean, he hasn't been in the league long enough, but mm-hmm. I think there's too many weapons on that offense. I think they go get it done. Their defense showed what they could do against the 49ers a bit. And the Cardinals, man, I think they moved to 6-0. and I was high on this team before the season, and I'm going to keep rocking with them because uh, they they just keep looking good week in and week out. You just know Stefanski is going to be 
whipping that defense into shape this week. Yeah. And I think the Cardinals are going to feel the brunt of that. It's going to be another high scoring game. And you know, Baker's going to be out for blood <laughs> after you're it's going to Baker's going to be out for blood after that last game. Yeah. And they wanted that win in Los Angeles. They really did. That was a tough game to lose. Mm-hmm. So you think it'll be high scoring. I think it'll be uh, I think it'll be fair, a fair scoring affair. It's not going to be too bad. All right, I think well, the defense we'll have, will come through. We'll have to we'll have to come back to that one, man. We got the Raiders visiting Denver and the Denver Broncos, man. And this is another one where I don't know who to pick because both these teams have lost two in a row, <laughs> and one of them is just going through a terrible situation with their head coach or former head coach, I should say. Who we got here, Pat? I think I think before the Gruden thing, I would have taken Raiders. I was so that I think they'll losing two straight. I think they'll get it done on the road, but. Losing the head coach and just there's so many distractions in the locker room. I feel like now I'm I'm definitely going to take the Broncos in this one. I'm going to go with the Raiders. Um, I think that, you know, Teddy Bridgewater has not looked great since he came back from that injury. I, I know it's in Denver, but I kind of feel like there's that new coach juice, you know, like, mm-hmm. you know, there's a different energy. I feel like, you know, this guy is an assistant coach getting an interim spot. He's going to want to show out. He's going to want to put some fun stuff in. He's going to want his players to buy into what he's doing. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking there's that just new coach vibe and energy for a game, two, maybe three. So I'm going to go with the Raiders here. If it was against the better team, I would not be picking the Raiders. But the Broncos, I don't have a lot of confidence in after the last two weeks. Yeah, I don't blame you. A few days I was there with you. Yeah. <laughs> Dallas Cowboys visiting my New England Patriots, Pat. Can I pick the Pats? Ah, I'm going to take the boys and I never want to yeah. pick the boys, but I will this week, even though, you know, and I hate rooting against the Patriots for your guys' sake, all the new England people, but I just think the Cowboys are going to get it done. Yeah, man. I mean, the Cowboys are the better team. The Cowboys should win this game. I believe the Cowboys will win this game, but I'm going to pick the Patriots just because I have to, I got, I can't spin it around because I got the headphones on, but I got the Pats hat on right now, man. And, uh, you know, if we can go in primetime toe-to-toe with Brady and the Bucks, let's see what we can do against the Cowboys. I feel like Mm -hmm. we got a fighting chance against anybody. I feel like we're the underdog a little bit. And it's a home game, so let's see what uh, we can do with Gillette. I'm going to go with the Patriots there. That's going to help out is that it's at Gillette. And I actually think your defense will do well against them, but I just – with how they looked against the Texans last week. Yeah. Gutting out a win at the end of the fourth quarter against Houston does not make me feel good. Gutting it out. Gutting it out. (laughs) (laughs) We got the Seahawks without Russell Wilson visiting the Steelers there, Pat. Steelers will get it done in Pittsburgh. No Russell Wilson. Steelers looked okay last week. I think home field advantage will be huge. And uh, I think Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool are going to, I think they're going to eat up that Seattle secondary. I feel that same way. I'm going Steelers. And if Russell Wilson's playing, I'm picking the Seahawks because I love Russell Wilson, but I got to go Steelers there. You got the (laughs) Bills visiting the Titans, Pat, in that Monday night primetime game. This is going to be a good game, too. It is going to be good. Hopefully, uh, hopefully Julio will be back for the Titans, but I still don't think it'll make much of a difference, even if he is. I the way the Bills looked last week against the Chiefs, I got to go with Josh Allen and the Bills. The Bills are way too hot right now. I mean, after it's the tough. last four games, they're averaging like 38 points a game. In it's their tough last to four. bet against. Yeah. They're dominating. Extremely and tough. 
Will Julio play? We don't know. It is in Tennessee. It's a primetime game. I always want to root for my boy Mike Vrabel, but I gotta go for the I gotta go with the Bills here without a doubt. Bills in prime time is a bad proposition for any opponent. That's that's a good point. That's absolutely a good point. Pat, that's it for picks, man. We'll get back to week six next week, as always. Review those games. But now we got to get on to some listener questions now. Pat, you want to ask these first two since you threw them on here? Yeah, I had two. For, I know I never I never contribute to the listener questions. <laughs> I, I know you've had a few, but uh, I know we're not listeners. Well, we kind of are. But uh, this I, I was like, is this hype for a football team or is this a weird thing? Because so Coastal Carolina beat Arkansas State earlier. It was last Saturday, which and this is two random schools. But I saw this clip on Twitter and I was like, this is unbelievable. And I wish I could show it, but Coastal <laughs> Carolina beat Arkansas State, and I guess Arkansas State's mascot is a wolf. And you see the locker room, and the coach is chainsawing the head off of a stuffed wolf, which looked pretty lifelike. Like it almost looked like taxidermy. It was it was strange. I was a little worried when I first saw the clip. <laughs> yeah, and then you see it, you're like, oh, that's obviously fake. That's not even taxidermy. But yeah. Uh, with a chainsaw and it would, it just looks aggressive and it kind of looked uncomfortable. Like I didn't, the players weren't really that into it. Like there were a few like, all right, yeah, I guess, but I don't know. I, I want to know what you guys would think about that one. If you haven't seen it, go watch the video. I've never been on a football team in my life. I know they do crazy things to hype each other up. You know, Jameis, you know, eating a W, but this one I could not get behind. This, this one was not for me. The original question was hype or weird. The answer is weird. Anyone yeah, who says hype, not hype. be like a hillbilly lumberjack that, that hunts and does all that, man. Because one, a chainsaw in a locker room makes me uncomfortable. Okay? <laughs> yeah, like, that alone, right? There are 90 young men in that locker room, bunch of coaches, reporters, all this mm-hmm. stuff. And you're busting out a chainsaw while you're out. That makes me uncomfortable. Also, cutting the head off a fake wolf, dude, it's like, it's just weird. You know, when you do this, you do this at practice on Monday when there's no cameras and it's just your team <laughs> yeah. and you're outdoors, okay? You, 100%. You this, it was very weird to me. It made me uncomfortable viewing it personally. And like you said, the players were kind of like looking around like, what's what's going on here? It, it was weird. Yeah, like, I don't know. I don't know what the, uh, I don't know what the traditions are down in, uh, down at Coastal Carolina, but I can't imagine this will be one they keep. But this also means that you were planning this before the game. Like you, yeah, like they brought the wolf, and wolf ready to go. <laughs> yeah. Like no one just has a chainsaw at the facility. Like that's not even in like a janitor's closet. That's not just a tool. Pat, I'm going to ask you your next question so that I have a second to think about it, but what is the greatest sports moment that you have witnessed in person? So this will probably it's funny because this will seem insignificant to a lot of people but i went it was probably when i was like 10 years old and in springfield massachusetts which is like right near where i live which it seems very insignificant to you know like the rest of the world and like to me i'm like this isn't even like a real city but at the mat at the uh, mass mutual center there it's like our downtown center where uh we have a minor league hockey team too it's where the thunderbirds play but they would have so for college basketball, they would have the division two game there every year. They would have the elite eight. So obviously not D one like Kentucky and all them, but D two, which was still really good basketball. And it was cool. Cause my city would have the elite eight and they would always come. Mm-hmm. So we would always go, we would always get tickets. Me and my brothers and my dad, we'd always get tickets to like a final four game and then a championship game. And one year 
we saw Barton College versus Winona State. So Winona State had won like their last 50-something games. They had won the last year's tournament that we went to, and then uh, they were in it again this year. And they were beating Barton, who was a heavy underdog, like a whole the whole the whole tournament they were. And uh, Winona State was up, I think it was uh, it was seven or nine points with like forty five seconds left. And Barton came all the way back uh, and tied it up. And then on a last, they got a turnover. And then on a last second layup, as the buzzer went off, they scored and won the game. It was unbelievable. Like if you, if you haven't seen the clip, you I'm sure you haven't. I actually posted it on Twitter, so you could go to my Twitter at yeah. Pat Mahoney thirty three. But uh, yeah, Barton College beating Winona State in championship game, and uh, it was it was unbelievable. Like I was ten years old, and at the time I was like, I didn't even understand really what I was seeing. But now that I think about it, I'm like, that doesn't happen like ever. Yeah, man. I mean, the fact that you remember that from when you're ten, like that's what sports is all about, right yeah. there, dude. I mean, in full detail. That lasting memory, I mean, that is absolutely spectacular. I don't have anything as cool as that. Um, <laughs> I I don't have a specific moment that I can think of, Pat, but I will say I remember going to a playoff game for the Celtics. First round playoffs. It was those like it was those Knicks that had Carmelo, Amari Stoudemire, and it was during Linsanity. So it oh, was that's that. cool. So it wasn't during the crazy Linsanity run where he averaged like 34 a game. It's a little bit after that, but getting to see Jeremy Lin play was just like, I, you know, how old was I at the time? Like 14, 15, whatever, probably about getting that. to see Jeremy Lin play with all the hype and spectacle that built around him was like real special, man. Like the Boston fans cheering for him in the garden. Like he put up, you know, almost 30 points, I think. And mm-hmm. dude, watching Jeremy Lin play during Lin's, he was the biggest sports figure in the world for a couple weeks. And be it like just getting to be part of that season was pretty cool for me. Cause I don't have a specific, great sports moment that I can think of. I would say, I mean, I would say that's it that on a different level, that's just as cool as yeah. mine. Cause that's something that only existed in a small space of time in the entire sports world. And like, that'll never happen again. So it was cool that yeah. you got to see any part of that. And just, I mean, such a cultural moment, like absolutely being the first, well, Asian player since Yao Ming to really dominate and just seeing, all the Boston fans of, of those mm-hmm. certain cultures rally around this guy. It was really cool, man. It was really cool getting to see him in the garden live. That was pretty dope. Yeah, that is awesome. In the TD garden too. Awesome. Yeah. Question from Joe Hagan. Where does Rafael Devers rank among all the recent Boston sports stars, Pat? He's got to be pretty close to the top of the list. And when I'm thinking recent, I'm not going like JD Martinez, Chris sale. I'm going like young guys. I'm going Jason Tatum. I'm going Jalen Brown. I'm going David Pasternak. Like I think Rafi is that next guy. I mean, mm. he's right there with Xander, but when it comes to Boston, man, I mean, he is as special of an athlete as we have. I mean, right. He's right under like Jason Tatum, like Jalen Brown. Like he's in that, he's in that category. Mac Jones, even you know, when you think about it now. Yeah, he's in that next wave of young superstars. And, yeah, those are all good comparisons. Like, I would say they're all on kind of a similar level. Like, Devers, even Bogarts, uh, Pasternak, um, Jason Tatum, probably not quite Jalen Brown, but Jason Tatum for sure. Yeah, Mac Jones. There are some fantastic young players in Boston right now, man. He's right at the top of that list. Question from Brett. Is Akike Hernandez having a David Ortiz-esque playoff run? I got to tell you, man, seven straight hits in the playoffs set a Red Sox record. Think about that. Reds, that's clutch. Williams, David Ortiz, legends of the game, never seven in a row, man. I, 
it's tough to say David Ortiz-esque because David Ortiz did it in the championship series and in the World Series, so we may have to wait a little bit longer. And they're also home runs. I mean, Poppy's all about the home runs. <laughs> yeah. Kike is the contact guy. Ortiz's were, uh, Ortiz's were more iconic, I would say. Yeah, without a doubt. But I think if, like, if you had a modern-day MVP for this Red Sox team right now, it's Kike Hernandez. He's been our best player in the playoffs. Vasquez has been clutch as all hell, but I mean, Kike seven in a row hitting the walk-off sacrifice fly to send us to the ALCS. Kike is having a run for the ages right now for this Red Sox. He's the team MVP in the playoffs without a doubt. Mm-hmm. Definitely. All right, man. Um, Jimmy McQuaid, what is the most underpaid professional sport? And we got to pick one, Pat. You think it's I, those prof- do you think it's those professional speed walkers in the Olympics? Do you think it's something like that? <laughs> see, for this one, like I think for what they're doing, I think the most underpaid professional sport, and I would just a specific league too, because obviously the UFC, because obviously yes. MMA, there's a bunch of leagues around the world and they all get paid different amounts under different promotions. But the UFC, I mean, they're literally in there fighting, <laughs> beating the hell out of each other. I mean, you see what like Max Holloway did to Calvin Cater, just – the poor New England guy. I mean, I loved Calvin Cater. He got, he took like 400 something, the most punches ever in a fight to the face in a UFC fight. So for what these guys are getting paid and I, I forget what it is. Like the rest of the leagues are like a 50, 50 revenue split. And in the UFC, I can't even remember what it is, but this, I'm actually going to look it up. Cause the split is crazy. Yeah. No, but, but Pat, I'm absolutely with you, man. That was my first thought. And I was kind of thinking, I was like, okay, I can't go with any of the weird, obscure sports that I like because as a rock climber, as a runner, there's no like organized affiliations that you make money off of. And it's very hard to make a living in those different sports. So I started thinking about, okay, what are the mainstream sports like this? And it has to be MMA, man. I said it on this podcast one time. I was listening to Brendan Schaub talk, who is a very good UFC fighter, like top 10 in his. Yeah, he was at the time. Yeah, he was at the time for sure. His biggest purse ever was 16K in, 16K out. Had to pay taxes in Brazil, in the States, to his team, to the UFC, to the all this stuff. Walked away with $6,000 after getting Mm -hmm. his face beaten, man. So I, th- I think the UFC has got to be the most underpaid, like mainstream professional sport right now. Yeah. And the only thing justifying it is like the sport hasn't been around that long and it's continuing to grow. I mean, it's going to grow exponentially. Like it's already on the same level as boxing, if not passing it, and it's going to get even bigger. So it's going to be up there with maybe eventually, obviously not now, maybe eventually baseball football, like it's going to be on the upper echelon of sports, but the whole thing right now is just the split. Because I looked it up. So this is a quote from Masvidal, uh, Jorge Masvidal back in July of last year. Said this 18% crap has to go. So it's a UFC revenue split of 18% to the fighters. So that would be what, 82% to just the higher ups and whatever yeah. else. That's that's crazy. Because with how little they're getting paid, even if they made the revenue split 25%, that would boost everyone's paychecks probably exponentially from what they're making now. So it's it's definitely UFC for me. And Dana's gonna say, "Oh, but we're the biggest promotion. Oh, no one markets like yeah." Dana, pay your fighters, man. I mean, yeah, he, pay your fighters. They should get paid more, and I think they will eventually as the sport grows. But it's gonna take some some sort of unionization for the fighters to do it. Like now, to start a collective change right now. Well said. Well said. 
Another question from Brett. Thoughts on the new jumper rules in the NBA? You can't really draw contact in the same way, Pat. Steph Curry was the first one in a preseason game to knock yeah. the call. <laughs> Standing, gets a guy up in the air, jumps into him. No call. It's a non-foul. I absolutely love it. I think it's a long time coming. You shouldn't be able to jump with your side and your shoulder and throw a ball straight into the air and get three free throws for it. I think it's good. I think it's a small step into playing basketball. Mm -hmm. Jumping into defenders is not playing basketball. Let's let the defenders defend. Let's let the offensive players play offense. Let's play basketball. None of the ticky tacky BS. Let's just play, man. I, I, I love this. I absolutely love it. Yeah, this was a great question for Brett, too, because I forgot to even like bring this up and put it in our episode, Doc. I completely forgot about this new rule, but I saw that clip of Curry, and I thought at the time, I was like, wow. I was like, thank God this is done. It, I hate yeah. seeing it because it's ridiculous. You see James Harden do it, and he gets a four-point play out of it, or anyone, but I've seen James Harden do it specifically, and uh, it's it needed to go. I'm glad it's gone. It just was some ridiculous crap. Feels like a small step in the right direction when it comes to officiating in the NBA, which I'm definitely looking forward I would say. to. And rounded it out, last question from Brett, man. Wolverine versus Cougar. That's the hypothetical animal fight of the week. And Pat, as someone that has watched an unnecessary amount of nature documentaries, I feel very confident in picking the Wolverine right here. Those things, dude, they're small, but they are deadly. They are literal little tanks, man. They will mm-hmm. rip apart animals 10 times the size of them. I got to go Wolverine here, man. Cougar's got the size. Cougar's got the quickness. I got to go Wolverine here. And if, if it's Hugh Jackman as Wolverine, I definitely, <laughs> I would definitely take the Wolverine. Uh, but, but no, honestly, I don't. Cougars, I know, are terrifying. I, Wolverines are such a mysterious animal. I don't know much about them, but mm. if if that's if you're the one who's watching the nature docs and uh <laughs> I I've, I've watched Planet Earth, but they don't go over Wolverines at any point. I don't think cougars either. But <laughs> if you're saying Wolverine, I'll take your word for it. Man, I got to tell you, they they I think I'm pretty sure they're the largest weasel out there, but they they just like can kill anything, man. They look so small. They they're not that But they're big, deadly. But- they will tear you apart like <laughs> that, dude. Like they're known for killing prey that are like four or five times the size. They're nuts. I got to go Wolverine here. <laughs> Cougar seems like it'd be tough to deal with. Yeah, I'm, I'm all set on fighting either of these. Guys, <laughs> well, <I'm> yeah, sure. <laughs> we're not talking about a 1v1v1 here. We're not throwing a human in the mix. No, uh, no turkey a day or orangutan fights today, Pat. No, none of those. Just, just Cougar versus no snapping Cougar. turtles. <laughs> but Pat. Got to move on to what we've learned before we wrap up the show. But of course, little add in from book thinkers. So do you read personal development books? If so, you got to check out book thinkers. This company is dedicated to helping you fulfill your life through books every single day. They post on IG every single day. They release a new podcast every single week with the top author in the personal development space. And the team over at book thinkers is helping you discover new books and new mentors that can, you can use to achieve more and live better. The right book can absolutely change your life if you read it at the right time. So please find out more by heading over to book thinkers on Instagram or going to www.bookthinkers.com. But now Pat, tell me what you learned this week. So what I learned from watching that, Colts Ravens game on Monday night was that the Ravens aren't always pretty. And I kind of knew this, but I mean, after last night, it's like they really aren't always pretty, but they get the job done. I mean, they're four and one now. Mm-hmm. Our offense sucked the entire game. We were down 22 to three, I believe. Then it was 25 nine because we tried to go for two and didn't get it. 
I mean, we had the fumble from Lamar. Lamar is prone to some turnovers, especially the fumbles, which uh, we got to get a little bit better at taking care of the ball. But I tell you what, even though we're not always pretty, they get the job done. They're four and one now. I think we're going to have good luck against the Chargers this week. So I'm happy for that. But uh, yeah, it's I, I hate those turnovers sometimes when it when it's bad, like it looks really bad. But when they're good, they're, I mean, they're on They're as on as any team can be. Especially when you see that turnover and it's on like the four yard line or three. yard. Yeah, that was tough. That, that, that fumble was one. that was a bad one. That was a hard one to swallow. And that like was in the first half. And I was like, even more reason for me to go to bed. I was like, if there's going to be more of this, I'm done. Yeah. Like you said, though, man, they get it done at the end of the day. They get the dub and that's what's important. And uh, those are the kind of games that you have to grind out in the playoffs. And having that experience is definitely valuable. Yeah, they're better for it afterwards. Now, Pat, because this is our Pat Ricard episode, episode number 42, you know, I figured I'm going to go with a little bit of fullback love on uh, on our What We've Learned segment, man. So what I learned this week is that you remember former Patriots fullback James Devlin? Do you remember do. him? Number four? Of course I do. James Devlin ran the Boston Marathon yesterday. It was on Monday. Oh, wow. Man. So my man James Devlin went and got that Boston Marathon done. So I wanted to shout him out, congratulate him because – Man, there aren't many fullbacks that I think could run 26 miles. So I wanted to give a little fullback love out here. But even more importantly, Pat, Jakob Johnson, who is the Patriots fullback now, he has been the last couple of years since Devlin retired, went out to Boston to support former fullback James Devlin, man. So we got James Devlin running it, Jakob Johnson being there to give him support, give him some love. So I just want to shout out the fullbacks in uh in New England, man, because there's some serious fullback love going on at the Boston Marathon. So that's what I learned this week, man. <laughs> James Devlin out there running the marathon and Jakob Johnson. That's a family over there in New England. That's what I like to see. Hey, we're a fullback podcast, and uh that's a lot of that's a lot of man to be running a marathon. <laughs> so, yeah, like I think about like Pat Ricard running a marathon, I'm like, that would be impressive. I know there was a video of him jogging and I was like, that is just a lot of, that's a, a lot bowling of ball. Yeah. Just a bowling is, ball. It's a lot of meat running a marathon right there. Dude. <laughs> like, that's a big boy. <laughs> Gotta love the fullbacks. But Pat, that ends episode 42, man. How, how we feeling? We feeling good about this one? Oh, that was good. Yeah. A lot, a lot going on this week. We had a ton going on. We had the Kyrie news. We had the, oh. we had the Gruden re- resignation. I, I've been wanting to say firing, but it was technically a resignation. It's kind of out of I was I forget what I was gonna uh compare it to like a like a breakup. It's like it's not you, it's me, but like, like it's the most certainly you. Uh, hey, Raiders made out good because because he resigned, they saved like seventy million. They would have had to pay him out. Some yeah, contract. That's fired him. That's so. true. Yeah, they did. Uh, they did kind of get bailed out. And hey, maybe that's the good in Gruden. Maybe you know he was probably <laughs> like, I'm not gonna make you fork over seventy million. So that's yeah. a kindness. But definitely a loaded week in sports, man. It's fun to talk about. Get to do an episode a little bit longer than we have been lately, man. It's always it's always good getting on here talking. And as always, please hit like, subscribe, comment, share, save any button you can see. I'm sure it's going to help us in one way or another. Please send this podcast to that one sports fan in your life that isn't listening to a good sports podcast or send it to them so they have a second one. But Pat, that's episode 42. We just want to say shout out to all the listeners. Thank all the listeners for spending this time with us, man. And uh, yeah, we appreciate you guys. That's episode 42. And catch Peace. us on catch us on Let Me Speak this week. Oh, that's a fact. Yeah, good yeah. plug. Good One more time. Let Me Speak. Yeah, and we'll <laughs> definitely talk about that next week too. But uh, hope you enjoy this episode. Hope you enjoy our appearance on Joe Braverman's podcast, Let Me Speak. And that's episode 42, y'all. See you, everybody. Peace. 
You are listening to Right Off the Bus.